Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And finally, I mean finally, it feels like spring. So it's been cold, cold, cloudy, rainy, cold, cloudy, rainy, frosty. Uh, the last, what is since the middle of this week, it finally turned nice. I mean, you can be outside and feel warm without all the layers. Uh, the evenings are still a bit cool. This is what we look for in northern Arizona. Now, the uh, the locals use Mother's Day as the demarcation line for planting tropical plants outdoors. That is your summer-loving, heat-loving, very frost-tender kind of plants. Uh, that's when they start to put those out. Now, that's Mother's Day. The, the, the May 8th is the actual 100-year average. We use the holiday. It's a little later this year, but as a sort of a, a go-to marker in the calendars when we can start putting out tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers and, and your zinnias and your geraniums and all those tropical, frost-tender kind of plants. Before that, this is where it gets confusing, and this is where you can actually decide. You can actually have a conversation and go, oh, rookie gardener, or, oh, they got it going on. Whoa. Uh, if they're saying, oh, I don't plant until Mother's Day, that means they don't know about spring planting. They're just focused on the summer stuff. So our gardens, my personal gardens at home, are spectacular. Oh, they're looking beautiful. Oh, my gosh, they're over the top because I planted for the spring planting season. So the pansies and the kales and the snapdragons, the poppies, there's a whole series of plants. The lettuce, the kale, the spinach, the Brussels sprouts are just over the top. These are things that love to be planted in spring. They actually don't like the summer planting season. These are not tropical plants. These are high altitude alpine cool season kind of plants. And so in, in the mountains of Arizona, we have three distinct growing seasons, actually four if you include evergreens. One is early spring. You start planting usually in March. This is all the stuff I just mentioned, all the things that look so good right now. Mother's Day starts the summer or tropical planting season. That's the things that do not like cold. They need to have warm soil and warm days and warm nights. They love to be warm all the time, warm, warm, warm. Put them out on a beach and let them soak up the sun all day long. Let's go 24-7. If they can, they'd be happier with that. These are tropical plants. We're just now, it looks like this weather just turned where you can start putting those types of things into play. Then there's the fall planting season. Starting about, oh, August or September, you can start replanting those alpine or cool season kind of plants. So, And those will actually bloom right through the winter, at least in the Prescott area. Now, this, this show is broadcast all over northern Arizona from Henderson and Kingman to the White Mountains and everything north of Anthem, basically. Uh, so I, I realize this, you're, you're tuned in with all kinds of altitude ranges. You folks in Groom Creek or Highland Pines or Williams are a little different than those folks over in Camp Verde, Cottonwood, you know, Cordes Junction, Sedona. You might be a little warmer, but as a general rule, those plants will bloom right through winter. Now, Flagstaff, White Mountains might be a little different, but for the rest of us, we're good. We can be harvesting kale and parsley year, I mean, right through winter. It's amazing. This is a, a, a fabulous growing season. Uh, it, it, longer than most people in the rest of the country can actually garden. Uh, we've got it. We've got some some luxuries there with our season, just very long. And so this is when we're starting, I think now, where you can start, if you watch the weather closely, I think you could start to plant some of your summer uh, tropical kind of things. Now, uh, there's two types of basic plants people are coming into the garden center right now. It's been busy. It's been record-breaking. Everyone is, we've set four all-time records for the company. This is 58 years in business. 
four all-time records this week alone. So it keeps setting the bar higher. We're not even into May yet, which is when the peak is. So this is everyone is gardening right now. They're all in the backyard going, I am bored to death. I need some fresh air. I just want to sit down and relax over a fire pit and watch the hummingbirds fly around. That's They're gardening for that, to be outdoors, to get together with loved ones. I think social distancing's caused some anxiety. Uh, people, every once in a while, about every 100th customer, you can tell they're, uh, they've been pent up a little too long. Maybe they're off their meds. I'm not sure, but they're kind of grumpy. You go, I just want to give them a hug. Why don't you smell this? Geranium, the scented geranium, is beautiful. It'll make you feel better. So, so, but most folks are really into it. They're looking forward to being outdoors. And so, there's two types of plants they're really planting right now: annuals, and then there's perennials. And there's been some confusion, so I thought I would just explain that really quickly on what is the difference. So, let's talk vegetables. Most vegetables are annuals. They will produce for the year, and then they're done. In the winter, they die off. So if you're planting a tomato, that's an annual. It'll grow through the season. It'll go until about the end of October. Then frost comes, and it kills it. So uh, perennials are those things that come back year after year. Perennially, just every year, it gets bigger and better and bolder and more. Uh, Lots of flowers. Most of your wildflowers are perennials. They come back every year. So your poppies spread through the yard. Your echinaceas get larger. Your your gallardias get even better. Your salvias get taller. The, these are all perennial flowers. There are some perennial vegetables, like artichokes. I would say uh, rhubarb. Uh, what else? Oh, your herbs. Most of your herbs, fresh herbs, are perennial, except for basil and cilantro, and sometimes they can reseed. But perennial, the definition truly of a perennial is this plant will hibernate underground, and sometimes you even forget where they are. If you didn't mark them, you don't know your gardens that well, you go, well, where, where were those? Where, where, where was that salvia? Where was that oregano? Where, where was it? And then it starts emerging right now. So my creeping time is coming up, and it's looking beautiful. So those things are perennials. They come back from the roots every year, stronger and bigger and better. If they come back from the seed, that's not technically a perennial. It's really an annual that reseeded itself and it's coming back fresh every year in a different spot. So you never quite know. So a peony, they're beautiful right now. They're coming up. Mine are loaded with flowers. They'll be in bloom in the next couple of weeks. That's truly a perennial because it's coming up from that same rootstock every year. If your violas or your pansies come back up on you, that's technically an annual, but sometimes they act like a perennial in my gardens because they reseed so prolifically. Uh, Jupiter's beard, there are there is a uh, or uh, centranthus. It's, it's a native wildflower uh, kind of a flower. My echinacea is the same way. Gallardias. They come back, that plant comes back from the root every year, but then also it's such a happy flower here that it can often reseed in other areas. So here it's got a hybrid. It's reseeding through the yard because it just loves growing at altitude, the bright light, the cool cool nights. It just loves everything about northern Arizona. These are plants that are perennial, but they act like annuals and that they reseed often as well. That's really a nice kind of add to your backyard gardens where it just kind of gets more beautiful all the time, especially if it's not all rocked over or you've got a a hillside that just needs flowers spilling down the hill. There you plant some of these wild, wilder uh, flowers at the top of the hill and they'll reseed and you just see them spilling down the hill. It's beautiful. So this year it looks like We've got a super bloom going on. It's the the wildlands. I've been mountain biking this week, hiking around, and the wildflowers are spectacular. So the Indian paintbrush, the verbenas, and all these things you can plant in your own yard. You can take, they don't transplant from the native area to your backyard because you've got such a long taproot, they don't transplant. But you can buy one from the nursery and plant it in your own yard, and it will just come back for years to come. Got a lot in store for you. Be right back. 
You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one, ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Purple Plum, and our White Night Candy Tuft. Masses of fragrant white flowers cover mounds of perennial green foliage. Extreme heat and cold tolerance, this award winner repeatedly blooms without deadheading for super easy care. Butterflies, bees, hummingbirds are going to love your backyard again. White Night Candy Tuft can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we're back with the Mountain Gardener. We're here each week talking about local gardening and ants responding to many of your questions, things that are going on here in the gardens just surrounding us. When it hits, when something happens in your yard, it's not just your yard. It's the entire neighborhood. It's that whole sort of side of town. I would venture to say it's virtually all of northern Arizona at once. When the aphids hit, when something goes into bloom, like the peaches are going into bloom right now, that beautiful pink tree in mm-hmm. full bloom, or the red buds, they're also in bloom right now. They all happen at once. So we get these questions going, what is that, Ken? What is that, Lisa? And so we give a segment to Lisa Waters Lane, and she's the one that uh, answers those emails. Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Yeah. So the first thing I want to do is just give a shout out to some of our customers. Sure. Great idea. I think we have the most amazing, best customers in the world. No doubt. So last week, one of our customers, and I forgot to get her name, darn it, was listening to us. We were talking about javelina. Yeah. And we were calling them pigs. Okay. So so she brought me this (laughs) book called Critters of Arizona Pocket Guide. She goes, they're not pigs. And I said, well, I know, but I like to call them pigs. <laughs> because They, they have do. the appetite of a yes, pig, that's they for sure. Do. But she brought me this little book. It talks about all the critters in Arizona, and it tells us about the pigs, the javelina, and they say it's a pig-like species native to North America, but it's not a true pig. And okay. she's right, it's not. It's a collared pecky. Pickery, pickery. How do you say that? Pickerel. Pig? Yeah. <laughs> they all start with P. Yeah. <laughs> say it three times fast. But I appreciate that. Yeah. So we do have good customers that way. They keep us That's... on our toes. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Thanks for that. And the other one is a shout out to Joe. He brought me this. Um, what really, is that? It's, That's it's amazing. From, and I forget where he told me he used to live, but it's the TV Garden Club, and he was part of it. And they had this old guy, and he put this wow. book out. It looks like it's put together with a typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Pre-word like, wow. processor. He typed that whole thing out. But it's really cool. And it had all kinds of neat old gardening information, things wow. that's kind of that people used to do. It's kind of been lost to the yeah. art of different things, propagating and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I have had fun reading that, and I wanted to say thank you to Joe for we'll bringing that in. Pull a few uh, yeah. tidbits out. You know, sometimes... Yeah. Well, if you go too far forward, mm-hmm. you start to get too creative and you forget right. what really works. And you got to go mm-hmm. backwards and go, where were our roots come from? And right. you just got to reset. We mm-hmm. do that in business. Mm-hmm. We get so crazy. 50 years in business this year. So many times you, when you lose track, you go, where were we at? You just go, I, I just go back and look. Mm-hmm. What did Harold Waters do when we started? Right. What were our foundation? What were our core mm-hmm. values? What were the numbers then? And I just go backwards and I kind of reboot. Mm-hmm. And it starts all... You can never go wrong by looking where you've come from. That is true. Because things just go round and round in circles, and gardening 
is, is no one different. of them. Yeah, but I think Great. he told me it was from either the '60s or early '70s. But wow. I've had a lot of fun reading a lot of good information. So I just wanted to say thank you yeah, to thank those you, guys. But we remember, do appreciate when. Remember when we went off to college? Yeah. I know I got huh? an electric typewriter. <laughs> it was portable. It was like this twenty-pound beast. I know. You, you, it had its own it case. <laughs> it had self-correcting tape Ooh. on the ribbon. You didn't have to break out the right. It was state-of-the-art. Yes. And then yes. right after that, um, I know. <laughs> computers. Our kids are so lucky, and <laughs> oh, they have man. no clue. I sit yeah. there and tell them, oh, we used to have to use self-correcting ribbons and white out. We used to have you, to go to the library. Mistake, oh, I know. <laughs> Research we everything. We spent hours in the periodicals. Yeah, that's right. Those darn wow. kids don't Micro know how. Microfish tape, remember? Oh, are yes. we dating ourselves or what? You We're are. not that old. <laughs> not really. <laughs> okay, I am. Okay, time to move on, honey. You know, you know with shout outs and reminiscing, let's, let's go on to garden advice. Right. <laughs> this, I tell you, we do like coming to work every day. We do have great, there's something social about customers. Mm-hmm. Like we had uh, KPPV Radio, Ken Byers, good friend of mine. He was the Grand Poopa host Poopa. last Saturday. Mm-hmm. This week, it'll be uh, today, it's Lisa LaChapelle-Dando. She's coming yeah. in with Magic Radio, good friend. She's We've done a lot of things together, mm-hmm. and uh, she's coming in to run it. But when Ken was here and his whole staff, he goes, wow, you have the best customers. Mm-hmm. When we go to this kind of customer, this kind of client, or this kind of, they aren't as nice. Well, yeah, <laughs> half the folks coming in, it's just a therapy session. <laughs> Instead, they're, they're writing off the doctor's visit. They come to right. just walk amongst the plants and mm-hmm. see things. They might take a thing home with them, or they might not. You just never know. It's just beautiful. and that, So right. it it is a relaxing mm-hmm. thing at a garden center, and then it's relaxing. It's not maybe relaxing. And when the semis aren't stacked up at the yeah. back gate, it's a very relaxing place. So, <laughs> and so are our customers. So they're just laid back, and it right. is social. It Gardening is. is social. It is very much a social yeah. thing. Which reminds me, I want this is from Winnie and Bob, and they're sending a shout out to you, saying thank you for the articles that you put in the paper. Oh, and because you. of you, they've been able to provide produce for a lot of their neighbors wow. in their neighborhoods. That's so, awesome. Winnie and Bob, yeah. thank you. I, that's. Uh, That's so great to hear that some of the stuff you're doing Mm -hmm. is appreciated. So, yeah, thank you very much. And it works. It does. Just trying to be local advice at the right right time Mm -hmm. makes a big difference. It does. And now we're to the point where we're trying to make local products that Mm -hmm. work for our local plants. we got our own local foods and local bug things and local. We're growing local plants. So just for that will grow here. And that hopefully will make you more successful. Correct. So if you got extras, feed the neighbors. If you got more than that, take it to the food bank because yes. they appreciate produce. so much fresh produce. They don't see very much. Mm-hmm. The, as soon I've taken produce that we had extra on to the, to the food bank out out in Prescott Valley, mm-hmm. and uh, they go, "Oh, thanks so much, Ken. We appreciate that." And you see it go right on the truck. It doesn't go into the into the refrigerators. There's not enough. It goes right to the trucks. It gets used that day or the mm-hmm. next day. It's amazing. Right. So. so, okay, done with my shout outs. Okay, but <laughs> we're halfway anyway. through the segment with nothing but shout out. But thank you, Winnie and Bob. So the main emails and phone calls and everything this week has been thrip, thrip, and yeah. more Boy, thrip. Is that amazing. They're tough this year. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because it was warm or late snows. I don't know. I mean, I know some years they're worse than others. Um, but thrip or no CMs. I think we covered it last week, but let's do it again. Yeah, they just showed up this week in in earnest. So they were. We had heard rumors that they mm-hmm. were coming. So we heard the Verde Valley, the Sedona areas. We had heard they were coming to Cortis Junction. You could almost see the customers, mm-hmm. the migration. That's the beauty of having a regional garden center. You get to hear folks. They're coming in from everywhere. And so thrip, how do you deal with them? They're little tiny things. The only way you can see them, and this is a quick bit of advice, take a white sheet of paper, typing paper. (laughs) Okay, printer paper. (laughs) (laughs) Take it out in the yard. What decade are you in? Tap it over over that white sheet of paper, an envelope, anything, Mm -hmm. and you won't see the actual insect. What you'll see is little red specks jumping around the paper, thus the name noceums. What they do is they'll go into the buds, into the flowers, onto the leaf. They'll bite the leaf so it literally curls up and goes, oh, it hurts. And it starts to weep sap, and they're sipping Mm -hmm. the sap. They are eating your plants 
alive. Mm-hmm. And, and the other indications, the blooms will fade almost immediately. They'll bloom right. for a day and then fade. They should bloom for a month. Mm-hmm. They're blooming for literally hours or days. They're sucking the life out of the, out of the bud. The leaves will wrinkle and curl and mm-hmm. become damaged. They're not perfect and crisp and clean like they should be. They're damaged. You've got to spray them. This is important. You've got to get on this right away or the damage just keeps accentuating. There's only one spray I know of, and I have tried them all. It's called Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. I love the name. Just <laughs> like Captain Jack. Saying it, you come in the garden center and you go, <laughs> Ken mentioned Captain or Jack's or Dead it's Bug Brew. It's not Captain Brew. Morgan. No, it's, it's <laughs> Where are you at? On vacation <laughs> girl. with my Yeah, mom. that's right. <laughs> uh, Mexico, our other country away from our country. <clears throat> anyway, you, you, it's Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. You spray the whole plant till it is dripping with this product and it knocks them right back and it has a bit of a repelling action wait about two weeks do it again if you do it hit it twice with this concentrate Mm -hmm. you won't have thrip or you'll have far less damage there's no Mm -hmm. way to get rid of all of them what you want to do is simply thin them because they're attacking a tree by a bazillion now the other technique we have ladybugs here at the Mm -hmm. garden center Mm -hmm. you could release ladybugs at the base of of the tree and or the shrub or the rose, whatever, and they'll crawl up and they'll eat their ferocious appetites. We'll go over how to release them, uh, maybe the next segment you're on. Okay. We'll, we'll uh, go into details because there's a trick to keeping them from flying away. So, Hence the poem, Ladybug, yeah. Ladybug. Captain Jack's Bye. Dead Bug Brew, that's what you want to <laughs> spray. We'll be back with more garden tips, tricks, and advice. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Double Pink Lenten Rose. Stunning double pink flowers dangle from this amazing perennial. This flower stands apart from the rest for its tremendous color impact that starts in midwinter and then holds its blooms right through spring. So tough it's rarely bothered by bugs and completely deer-proof, all for just $17. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love new pink perennials, they love to shop. Hi, Waters with the plant of the week and our Bloomerang Lilacs. This revolutionary new lilac blooms in spring and then flowers and flowers again for season-long color. Enjoy classic lilac fragrance for months instead of weeks. This dwarf variety is rarely thirsty, stays small, and never needs maintenance, all for under $25. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love their lilacs to bloom and get it again, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Just give you a few tips and things that I'm doing for my vegetable flower beds, mainly vegetable. I'm starting to put more veggies in. The containers are going in right now and the raised beds that I have. And this, the real insider tip to, to, to really good gardening is it's all about the soil. You get that soil right, they just take off. I mean, it's just so easy. You get the soil wrong. You put the wrong organics, you put the wrong material in that soil and plants will fade or they sit there and look at you. They stick their tongue out at you and they go, nee, nee, nee. I'm not going to grow here. And they start to wilt and get yellow and they bend over and then they die. It's the most painful thing you can watch as a gardener is to watch a, a plant slowly fade. It'd be better just to not water it, have it dry up and vaporize than it would to watch it slowly suffer in, in a bad soil. So what I do with the soil, my containers, I love container gardening because it's just so easy. Uh, we make, we bag up our grower's mix. So there's a, a special mix our grower developed to start plugs, to start plants. So we put a, a plant from the breeder into this soil and it just naturally takes off. And so he's been perfecting that. It's actually a recipe. I mean, so these, these guys, 
they, they look at it and go, I need to tweak this. You know, staying a little bit moist. I think I should put it up the, up the perlite a little bit. And they always tweak this recipe. It's a weird thing. It's a truly, it's a, it's a grower breeder kind of mentality. It's fun. Well, we bag that soil up here at Waters Garden Center and we call it Waters Potting Soil. It's made to plant plant plugs, seed, cuttings, uh, or new starts. It's made to put new starts right into that and it just takes off. If you can give your new seedlings, your new plant starts from the garden center, if you can mirror the exact kind of soil that it has in that pot that it's used to, it's its entire life, knows that, and give it more of that, you can plug it right in there, it just takes off. I mean, just no transplant shock, it just goes. So when someone's doing a new raised bed, I go, yeah, use filler. It's a huge, they need like eight yards of soil. I'm going, that's fine. Get some garden mix. It's pretty much from some <laughs> soil shop. Uh, basically, they take manure, wood chips, and they dig out silt out of a stock tank. That's their garden soil. It's terrible stuff. It's heavy, thick, doesn't breathe. But if you, it's good filler. At least it drains. Put that in the bottom layer of that container, that raised bed, but then take water's potting soil in that top eight inches or so, just that top layer where the plants are going to, your new starts are going to go into. Put that top layer. Don't blend it in. Don't add it. Just put water's potting soil in that top layer, then start your starts in that, and away you go. It'll just, your plants will just take off with new growth. It comes down to the soil. If you've got a, a, a garden bed that's just out there, you need to rototill it, get it ready. Well, there, the, what the book says, two to three inch layer of organic matter, manure basically, or, or compost, uh, and then till it to one shovel's depth, add some fertilizer, nutrients. We make our own vegetable food. So you sprinkle some vegetable food on, till that with your manures in, and all of a sudden you can start planting. That's, that's out there in the yard. Most of us... I would say over half of the folks tuned in right now, they're doing back deck gardens, you know, containers, or raised bed. The soil is so bad, I don't want to work that hard to dig a hole. Uh, I'll, I'll pay you to plant a tree, but, not, but my tomato plants, I'll just do it in this raised bed. It just There's that whole, probably half of all the customers we see are gardening those types of environments. And so, including myself. I just, my soil is so bad, I said I'm abandoning that. I'm not growing in it. And I just created lots of raised beds. In our backyard, there's, how many raised beds do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight. And they aren't small. They're huge. I mean, they're like the length of the yard. I mean, they're huge. And so my, it's just tiered raised gardens all the way down this classic mountain property. That's what I did. And gardening has been easy ever since. Just everything I plant grows. I got some other variables like water and you know that kind of stuff. I'm always testing. I wonder if this really is full sun. Let's try some shade. I wonder if this really does need all shade. Let's try some sun. I'm just oh, experiment. I'm a, I'm, I'm a gardener. I like to experiment with things. But you get your soil right and put the nutrients in and you're golden. You can plant whatever you want and you'll have success. That's the insider tip I can give you. One, also, I mean, know your frost dates. Our last frost date's the first week in May. Okay, we're getting close. I know you can plant earlier than that, but just watch the weather so you can cover things if you need to. What you'll also notice from you folks from the Midwest, you'll need to fertilize a lot more here than you did in other parts of the country. That's because we don't have a lot of topsoil. And so you're, you're, a lot of you are, are dealing with barren or sterile soil. There's not one living thing in that soil, not one worm, no mycorrhizal colonies, no beneficials of any type, just clay or caliche. Well, you need to fertilize more in those environments. And so I, I, I use the vegetable food. I use flower power. I've got several here at the garden center that are like magic. They're, they're made for here for us, for our plants. They work with our water. They work with our sun. They work with our plants. Get it. You need to fertilize more. I fertilize every other, my vegetable gardens, I fertilize every other month with water's fruit and vegetable food. And then every other week, about twice a month, I'll put the flower power on it. It's a liquid water, water soluble food. And I got more tomatoes. I have more cucumbers. I have more flowers. I mean, then I know what to do with. It really works. But get your soil right, your food right, your gardening goes right in the right direction. There you go. 
The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. I was raised in a nice house with my family. Now I'm out on my own and have my own apartment. I love my cute little place, but there's something I do miss. I miss my mom's garden in the backyard. It was so special because over the years I was growing up, I watched her give those flowers and plants such a personal, loving touch and so much color. I miss it so. Well, guess what? I just visited my local garden center and they gave me some great ideas. And now, because of them, when I look out my patio window, I see the beautiful planter they suggested, teeming with flowers, bright Arizona flowers. Looking at those flowers gives me such a nice feeling, and it's almost like being with mom in the backyard all over again. Want help with planting? It's all online at plant-something.org. Brought to you by the Arizona Nursery Association at plant-something.org. You'll love it, too. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are lilac, poppy, purple plums, and our songbird columbine. This graceful beauty dances in the shade of the garden, holding its head high, smiling back at you. This bloomer comes back each spring with lacy green foliage, promptly followed by amazing two-tone flowers. An excellent cut flower that is both deer and rabbit resistant. So hardy, some varieties naturally call Arizona home. Songbird columbine can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Okay, so we are back with the Ken and Lisa show, uh, just because, uh, I don't know, well, it's fun. I thought it was the Lisa and Ken show. Well, okay, I'd go with that, oh, sure. Okay. I'm, I got no ego. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. You laugh too loud. <laughs> I've been married to you for 25 years. <laughs> not yet, July 25th. Be 20, okay. That's our silver. Pretty darn close. It is pretty we darn close. We can call close. it 25. Anyway, we, we are... Uh, Given Lisa the segment, plant segment, just your mm-hmm. Lisa's favorites or Lisa's list or Lisa's <laughs> uh, garden tips. And so you went out and got some garden plants that you tend to favor mm-hmm. that would work well up here in the mountains of Arizona. Yes. What do you got for this week? Let's... Well, this week we're looking at, we could, we thought, well, we need to put together some tables of flowers for people who have uh, critters that get into the yard. Oh, yeah. So we were looking deer, very common here, javelina, that type of thing, rabbits. Yeah. So we thought, well, let's put together a table that has flowers on it or shrubs that they will stay away from. Yeah, we should set the stage on that because I mm-hmm. love what you did out there. I mean, you, you've been busy with our daughter, Kate. So we got yes. the third generation waters out there mm-hmm. all week. Been putting your thumbprint out there. And it is it is unusual. Rabbits, deer, and javelina. You've been out there and there's such a theme that you set mm-hmm. up a whole table of perennials. I think Patty put resistive. She was afraid to put proof, proof out there. I said, no, make a commitment. Proof. <laughs> Give me the bulletproof plants that animals just absolutely don't don't bother. And so mm-hmm. you all put together a whole section of just animal-proof mm-hmm. perennials that right. you can put out there. Uh, <clears throat> even with, where they're bedding, they won't bother them. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay. Close. I kind of like the resistive. Resist. Okay. Maybe. So the plants, animals won't Tend bother. Tend to not really want to eat. Yeah. How's that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And these are all perennials. So I kind of went through and I picked some of the favorites that I like. And the first one is the Shasta Daisy. Yeah, perfect. That's an old timer, perfect, beautiful, kind of screams spring and it summer. Does. Yeah. You know, with that, that dark green foliage and the pretty white heads that come up and the now, flowers. Are they showing flowers right now? They're just starting to. Oh, nice. So mm-hmm. we're talking Shasta Daisies. Is that the that right. Daisy? Right. Mm-hmm. Knee high. Mm-hmm. Dark, dark, rich green. You would swear the animals would like them, right. but we actually make bug killers out of those. <laughs> so you can. It's actually a bug repellent. Bug uh, mm-hmm. it, bugs don't like them. Right. Animals don't like them. So it's a great one to have in the yard where mm-hmm. you've just had real issues. And perennials are those that come back every year, so right. they just keep expand. They keep growing, getting clustering. bigger. Yeah, yeah. great. But they're advice. just great in the in the in the perennial beds or even just out. 
by themselves in the yeah. yard. Mm-hmm. Do a wonderful thing. Shasta daisies. Shasta daisies. The next one I like is yarrow. Now, this yeah. is great for if you have a more natural yard sure. or a low-maintenance yard. The yarrow is great for that. And yeah. it's... Um, Comes in a couple of different colors. You got the old standby with the yellow. Yep. Uh, I think that's the moonshine. Sure. And then there's I forgot the name of it. That kind of red terracotta color. Yeah. Don't Very ask briefly. me. There's so many yarrow colors, and we're trying to grow more and more of them because yeah. they're so hardy. Right. So drought hardy mainly. Mm-hmm. There's just no mm-hmm. maintenance. They they can go. In fact, they'll naturalize. They'll mm-hmm. actually you put them on drip or water them by hand for a season, and all of a sudden. They'll go on their own, so they mm-hmm. need no care, and they'll kind of reseat themselves right. in the yard. Mm-hmm. So our front yard at the house is lush. It's high maintenance, high water, high fertilized, high. <laughs> it's beautiful. Everyone goes by and goes, oh, your yard is so nice. But the backyard mm-hmm. is all natural. It's all it's that Mediterranean, mm-hmm. southwestern, no care. I want no commitment, but it has to look gorgeous all the time because right. we and entertain a lot mm-hmm. but we don't hardly it takes no care of water or anything mm-hmm. yarrow is one of our standards right. back there because it's so tough mm-hmm. great full sun plant yeah. too Could take the heat and erosion control mm-hmm. i mean just any of any of that kind of stuff birds right. like it but butterflies will land on them but mm-hmm. the animals don't like that fuzzy foliage right so it gets stuck in their throat and they go yeah (laughs) where's the water i need a coca-cola where are they (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yarrow's a great one the other one is uh, meadow sage Mm -hmm. which has that real pretty uh, kind of purple spike flower that comes up out of it's kind of a clump um you know with foliage and then the purple spikes that come out of it very attractive um, very nice adding color into the yard and the animals really just don't like it now, that's it, the same one we're using in the in the raised beds mm-hmm. going down the back gets right. what not even knee high it's no, just above shorter. ankle i'd say eight, a 12 foot high. To 18 yeah yeah a foot mm-hmm. high or so a good another one that spreads mm-hmm. and uh super long bloom cycle yes. for a yes. perennial you know most mm-hmm. perennials bloom for a month and they're done right this one blooms and it keeps blooming, and it keeps blooming. And then right. by fall, it's done blooming. So it's yes, just kind of one of those crazy <laughs> purple flowers right. that keeps on going. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. So the other one that has more yellow-orangey flowers is the gallardia, or oh, sometimes perfect. called blanket flower is mm-hmm. another one you hear it called by. And there's a few different varieties of that from the fanfare. Uh, I think Monrovia has a lemons and oranges one. Oh, neat. I have yeah. seen that one. Pretty neat. I like fanfare because it's mm, the, the it's when you beautiful. look at the flowers, it's not petals. Mm-hmm. It looks like trumpets coming out right. from that seed head. You know, the sparrows love to eat the seeds off mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it's got thus the name fanfare. It looks like trumpets are coming out, and so you have to take a close look at that that mm-hmm. uh, flower because it's so spectacular. Right. But it has that classic blue foliage. Mm-hmm. Animals don't like the color blue for some reason. I don't know right. why. But they <laughs> just colorblind. That's one we put in hydro mulch, the mm-hmm. seed mix, so that uh, we can do road cuts or erosion control or, or uh, septic tank cuts, construction scars. Mm-hmm. Gallardia must go in that one because right. so hardy. Reseeds, keeps everything in, in play, and mm-hmm. the birds love them, yeah. but the animals don't. Right. And it, it really is an attractive flower yeah. on it. So that's another nice one. The other one is euphorbia. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. And those are kind of cool, um, really add different texture. They don't bloom. They do bloom, just it looks no. like the foliage. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a blooms. You can't tell it's blooming because the bloom looks like the foliage. It's kind of a cool, funky space. You know, it moon, is. Moon it adds flower. a different texture into the yard, something a little different. Um, but yeah, really great plant. And there again, it comes in like some variegated colors, yeah. some that are just green. So it's different a neat colors, one to look mix at. and match up to mm-hmm. about a knee high. Mm-hmm. And euphorbias are related to poinsettias. So they have that same mm-hmm. kind of white sappy when you break right. off the sap. And I think that's why the animals don't Probably. like them. They have that nasty sap that gets on your skin and goes, I can't get this off my fur. <laughs> what the heck is going on here? So I think that's. Right why it's keeping them off Mm -hmm. so euphorbias if you're not familiar with those Mm -hmm. it's a perennial that's evergreen 
super drought hardy because it holds a lot of sap in the stems, in the foliage, mm-hmm. and yet animals don't bother them. So put them in the rock rock gardens, put them by the driveway, up and down the length mm-hmm. of the driveway where there's a lot of animal activity. Uh, full sun equals nice fuller plant. Euphorbias sure. are just a, they're a natural for mm-hmm. the mountains of Arizona. Now, is gopher spurge, that's a variety of euphorbia, I believe it is, and it? it's also yeah. a euphorbia. Yeah, it keeps gophers away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so repelling underground and above ground. <laughs> it just keeps on repelling. It's the super plant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I always tell folks, well, if it doesn't keep them away, you can always take the bucket and throw it at the animals. <laughs> keep them away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll move on from that one. Next one is daylilies. Another great plant that likes the full sun and just kind of keeps on blooming through the summer and tough. Um, has that real pretty green foliage on it as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Um, but just a super plant for out in the yard, low maintenance. Another good one is any of the varieties of salvia. Yeah, lots Anything. of salvias. Mm-hmm. Or sages is another, right. any of those. Anytime mm-hmm. it says salvia or sage, good plant. Right. They'll stay away from it. And a lot of, you know, most people are used to the um, autumn sage. Right. But there's a lot of new colors there in that. Are. The, the pinks, the hot lip, which is the red and white. There's some real dark purples. We've even so, got some over in cotton where they're growing mm-hmm. that are apricot colored. Yes. They're really those cool. Are so. Those are neat. So. Yeah, we've got that one, the red, I think hot lips. That's mm-hmm. the one with the red and the white flower. It looks mm-hmm. like lipsticks, like you've taken lipstick. Right and uh, dabbed each one and then gara is right next to that so out by the mailbox it's staggered and it's beautiful the way they summer bloom and the animals we've got javelina and rabbit they don't bother either one of those yeah because gara is not on our list but we've never had critters eat it yeah Yeah. just because it's not on the list doesn't mean uh, it's it not better get put on the list. Ask us because we're always adding the right. list. So good. Look at it. the table Lisa and Kate put together on uh, animal proof perennials, and then we'll get you some more. We'll just keep that stocked throughout mm-hmm. the season so you got some good starting points. Right. We'll be back with more garden tips in just a moment. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Waters, with the plant of the week and our flowering Easter baskets. Spring has sprung and time for some celebratory Easter color. The Garden Center is stocked full of these big, bold flower baskets grown to perfection. They're really pretty. The key to success? Abundant flowers. Everything must mesh, intertwine, and spill. The more colors, the merrier. We've grown over 200 of these festive baskets that are the epitome of Easter happiness. At just $19.99, these large flower baskets are grown to lift the spirit of the gardener within. Overflowing with flowers so nicely, they make the perfect gift for neighbors, moms, pastors, or a good friend you really appreciate. Don't forget to treat yourself to some instant flower color this week as well. These uniquely grown, specially priced flower baskets are only available until Easter Sunday and all for under $20. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love colorful Easter baskets, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So I wrote a garden column last week. It's picked up by the newspapers. It's part of your part of Waters Garden Club. Every, every time you shop here, you go, oh, are you part of Waters Garden Club? I, I send that directly to you, and so you get the live right from my desktop to yours. So the, the article last week was Tiny Trees for Tiny Yards. And the response, the questions, the interest was ginormous. I mean, just people came in looking for smaller trees. So I, I thought I'd just expound upon that. Uh, so Because this, this format, I'm not limited to six to 800 words. That's a typical article. I can actually go 10-minute segments, so I mean, oh, a thousand words more, and expand it. So I thought I would just focus in on that and just what are some of the smaller trees that you can put in your backyard, even if you've got a large lot, a large half acre, one acre, 10 acres, or you've got 
a fifth of an acre, tiny stuff to you know, 15,000 square feet. We all have sections where smaller trees are beneficial next to the patio, down the property line in between two houses. This is where you put smaller trees, street trees, uh, right out there by the road or down the driveway. You don't want towering, ginormous trees that are always littering, dropping things on you. You want something the cute and accent down the, down the driveway. So the number one seller probably, well, I can't say that. There are many good sellers, but the first one to start the season out uh, would be Purple Leaf Plum. This is a vase-shaped tree up to about mid-teens to no more than 20. So all these trees I'm mentioning are no more than 20 feet tall. So they're short compared. Now that's comparatively speaking to a 70, 80 foot cottonwood or willow or sycamore. These are big trees. These are on the shorter side. So I would say all of your fruit trees are shorter. Apples, pears, cherries, peaches, apricots, nectarines, they're all short compared to big shade trees. But purple leaf plum, this is an ornamental plum. It doesn't actually put fruit on, but it started out, oh, a month ago or more. This beautiful pink flower is the very first tree to bloom in spring. It always is. And so right now it's transitioning. So the pink flowers are fading and this beautiful, rich, royal purple foliage is starting to emerge. It's a very low maintenance plant. Uh, it, it requires virtually no pruning because it's short, vase-shaped. And it doesn't fruit. It's, it's kind of no cleanup kind of stuff. And so the flowers fade off. They kind of blow away. They just go away for you. You don't even have to clean them up. The leaves will be there. And it stays this rich purple the entire year. About October, it starts to fade. Now it's just this pretty, even the bark has this purple tone to it. If you like purple, it's great. If you don't like purple, it's not great. Then we move on to what's been in bloom right now and is a white flower. A tree up to about 20, low, maybe 22, 23 foot tall. And it's a Bradford pear or ornamental pear. This is a beautiful tree. It announces spring with white. It's usually right after the purple leaf plum. Then it has this beautiful glossy leaf that's, I don't know, the size of a match car, matchbook car. Bigger than a silver dollar, but, but smaller kind of leaf, but very glossy. Great shade. Uh, and then it's one of the last trees to turn red in the fall of the year. That one's that one's a great one for shade off that back patio, that, but you don't want ginormous shade to compete with the structure of your house. One that's blooming right now is red bud. Red buds are probably the shortest of all the trees. Uh, true trees, there's some shrubs that actually act like a tree. They're big shrubs or really short trees. But this is truly a tree. Red buds are so tough, there's a native variety that grows here, Mexican red bud or Western red bud. It's more of a shrub form, multi-stemmed. But the true trunk, if you want a trunk with a canopy, that's going to be your Eastern red buds, Oklahoma red buds, Avondales. There's a whole series of these, these red buds we have here at the Garden Center. They're starting to bloom now. When it's done blooming, It'll have this beautiful, beautiful heart-shaped leaf. It's about the size. Just put your hands together and make the shape of a heart. You know what I'm talking about, you social media buffs. It's that kind of leaf. It's beautiful. You wouldn't think it would be so robust, but it's got such a large root structure, deeper, that it just makes it really tough. This is one that you could probably add to your Xeriscape kind of landscape, get it established and never care for it again. It might not bloom as nicely as it did when you actually care for it, but it could go on its own. You'll see it magically show up in places. It's a very interesting, fun tree. One that is probably, I think, have a, have a re resurgence of interest. Your grandparents grew crab apples for many, many years. It was the go-to plant. In fact, some of your grandparents actually made crab apple jellies and jams and preserves. Well, we don't sell that type of crab apple anymore. What we've done is bred the fruit off of it or bred the fruit where that fruit where it's really, really small. So now the fruit, you're not harvesting that. It's just a pretty ornamental accent to the tree. The crab apples, the real benefit though, are they have the brightest of all the colors. They're short trees. Oh, high teens, no more than 20 feet tall, even very mature specimens has kind of an umbrella-shaped kind of canopy. This is very pretty, but the flowers are intense. I mean, we're talking purple, 
reds, I mean, not just reds, I mean, fire engine reds and very bubblegum bright pinks, pure, pure white with a delicate flower. These are crab apples. It blooms and it puts on this foliage. It's quite pretty. Sometimes it can be tinted. You'll see tinges of, of reds and purples on the new foliage. And then it's a, just a nice green, very handsome tree. And the fall colors are spectacular. Usually oranges and reds is what you're going to see coming off of your crab apples. That little fruit I mentioned, that's going to hang on there through winter till about January. What I noticed with my crab apples is uh, it's real pretty, these little dangly red, orange kind of fruits are all over the tree. It's just really pretty. You go, oh, what is that? Oh, that's interesting. What is that? It's a crab apple. Oh, the leaves will fall off. The fruits will hang there. And then I noticed that the robins, they'll start gathering in clusters when they start to roost or start to take interest in each other. Big flocks of them will gather together. They'll gather up at your water features. Your Any kind of water you got, they'll all kind of come together. You have 30 of them at the same time. They also like crab apples. It's one of their delicacies. So they start to, you'll see them flock on this tree and just devour these little fruits until they're all gone. It's like a party. They come back several days. It's just like a big old party, usually in, in midwinter sometime. But it's actually a food source for bird folks. If you're into birds, put a plant a crab apple. It's beautiful. And you can attract more birds. I noticed, too, that my hummingbirds, they like to roost or nest or create nest up in, in my crab apples. It's a great plant for here. Very robust, very easy, low care, uh, very little pruning needed to it. It's just a shorter, easy to care for tree. One, another one that's a native, actually it's been blooming. If you see a tree that's white, just out there, obviously not planted. It's just wild. That's called service berry, a great xeriscape kind of plant. Very pretty tree, very easy to care for. I think we need to plant more of them here. It's got a real pretty lacy white flower. When it's done blooming, it gets up maybe 15 feet tall. So service berry um, has a real pretty fruit to it. So a little tiny berry, a little blue kind of berry on it. They are edible. They're delicious. And the birds love them. You'll never get one of them because the birds just think they've died and gone to heaven. They love service berry. Of course, it's where they're naturally gathering. They, they're used to service berry in the wilds of Arizona. And so when they see this fruiting in your yard, they're just attracted to it. The claim to fame for serviceberry, though, is low care, low water, low maintenance, and then beautiful red fall color. It's intense. I mean, we're talking, it's bright. Or bright orange, deep reds. That's a serviceberry for you. And it's a native. It's one of us. It's just right here growing. And so if you're trying to go with low care, look at serviceberries. And I could go on, but I'm out of time for this segment. We'll be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for the month are poppy, columbine, purple plum, and our perfumed lilac. The fragrance will remind you of visits to grandmother's house. A truly outstanding lilac for the large flowers and captivating fragrance, and super easy to grow. She is in a class by herself, even in the hottest of sun locations. The more sun she receives, the more flowers you'll have. Perfumed lilac can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hi, Waters with this week's Plant of the Week and our flirty skirt pansies. No more shy pansies, these blooms beam back at you. Frilly, cheery, flirty flowers resemble Marilyn Monroe's rippled skirt blowing in a breeze. She enjoys growing in her inclement weather and a carnival of colors priced at just $7.99, so you can enjoy more than just one. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love flirty flowers, they love to shop. This is Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center, and we're here at the Garden Center floor asking customers, why do you garden? Very relaxing and interesting, and I love watching the hummingbirds in the summer. And why do you like shopping at Waters Garden Center? There's so much variety, lot of choice, and everybody knows everything about the stuff they sell, which is very good. Waters Garden Center, helping people reconnect. At 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love to garden love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. 
Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang. So I was tracking our social media, just digital influence, and it has skyrocketed like 40%. It's off the charts. Our, our uh, newsletter, if you're part of Waters Garden Club, has gone up like 1,500 people. These are people that shop in the store, basically. A few will sign up online, but basically it's people that shop here going, yes, I want to know more about blueberries. Yes, I want to know how to grow a tomato. Yes, what are the best fruit trees? Yes, yes, yes. Javelina, deer resistive. It just goes on and on. So we try to cover those in a new in a weekly uh, video and a weekly newspaper kind of column. So my column, I'll send that off to the newspapers and they pick that up. But the negative with newspapers, they can't embed. It's it's a two-dimensional kind of a a dead language. I can't can I say that on on air? I mean, I'm a newspaper. I've, I've been picked up for decades, but it's kind of an antiquated it's format. So a newspaper, you're just reading it. Yes, I know it smells good. I know I'm offending some of you, but let's face it, your iPad's better because you can embed links in there. You can put live videos. It's much more interactive. The uh, the column that I write each week is extremely interactive. I mean, many links to more. If you're of interest, you'd love it. If you're going, I don't like the title. I'm not interested in growing tomatoes. I like fruit trees. You just go delete. And I know that. So we're trying to come up with interesting topics that have great content article. I'm a pretty good writer. And then it's got links to go further out. Sometimes the tiny trees for tiny yards. I wrote that one last week. I actually put embedded links to where to buy them. I gave you links right to the farm where I get them from. And if you liked that tree, you could order it and then bring it to the nursery, free shipping, right to the back dock of the garden center. And just you, we'd call you when it's here. That's that kind of interactive link. So I've seen a huge increase in that. How businesses are looking at the different social medias. Um, Facebook's kind of the number one for small business. Facebook's kind of a it's a consciousness of stream. So we're trying to put interesting things on there that are garden related. So for me, what my philosophy has been, your newsfeed is so terrible. It's just negative. We're all going to die. Planes are crashing from the sky. Buildings are falling over. Oh my gosh, hibernate, hibernate. It's terrifying. I'm terrified. I can't look at this anymore. I'm trying to put very positive information through a pretty picture of a of an artichoke. I had a picture of an artichoke forming on a plant. It was here at the nursery. It was easy. Posted it. Went viral. A pretty dahlias. Took a video of that. Just going, oh, isn't that pretty? Don't you want one? Just something positive, uplifting. That's Facebook. Okay, that's what I'm trying to do with that. Although we can also, this this is actually broadcast or podcasted uh, later, and then it's put through our Facebook stream. So it's kind of this muddy, different garden information, very specific, never a sale, ever promotion of any kind. I think that's offensive. When I see that in my feed, I'm going, God, what an idiot. This is always just positive, uplifting stuff. So that's Facebook, watersgardencenter.com. Instagram, that one we use just for pretty pictures, and that is it. A few videos, but just pretty pictures of plants. If you follow follow our Instagram feed, Waters Garden Center, think AZ, um, you will eventually see my entire yard or the entire garden center. It's usually something I'm out sipping coffee, looking at butterflies or some worm or some pretty flower or things in bloom or just whatever happens to be in my gardens, that's posted on Instagram. It's different. It's very pure in that it's pictures. Pinterest. Pinterest, I love Pinterest. So you Pinterest folks, you're not as you're not as common as you think you are. But really what I do with that is for tiny trees, for tiny yards, I, I build a Pinterest board. So I've got different boards up on our Pinterest page. And so I'll link out to going here. I can only list, I'm only given 800 words here. But if you want to see another five uh, interesting trees, here's a board of them. So I just, next week will be, I think it's next week, I'm putting together the top 10 roses of the year. These are the winners acclaimed this year. Roses show up next week. Um, but I can't fit all of them in. So I just, here's 10, and then here's the other 50. So I created a Pinterest board for that. So now you can go out and see more. What does that really look like? And I named them and described them. That's what Pinterest is really used used like. Twitter, 
I don't know how to use Twitter. I know I'm supposed to, but I just, oh my gosh, a column goes out with that. If you're a Twitter follower, you and 2% of your friends actually like Twitter. The rest of us use Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest. <laughs> and that's how, that's how I use social media here at Waters Garden Center. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Uh, throughout the week, we are an essential uh, business. We are open. We are here. You can come. The The garden center has only 52 parking spaces, and then you've got two acres to roam. The parking lot throttles everyone back. You'll have more space. You'll just feel safe. You can smell the flowers, watch the hummingbirds. Please visit us. We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandmother would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Purple Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. They don't just bloom once in spring, they bloom again in summer. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, and just $29.99. Come check out all the heavenly new sights and scents that are making this spring the most beautiful ever. Lilacs like Grandma used to grow and better. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.